Good afternoon. It is Thursday, November 5th, uh, just a few days before the presidential election. Exciting times. So this will be a short uh, podcast today, uh, just hitting a couple items. As always, we go through the uh, lead um, article from the uh, Intrinsic Value Wealth Report commentary, by the way. This is Intrinsic Value Wealth Report radio uh, podcast Thursday. So <clears throat> again, as the uh, as to start out with the lead article, I published a little piece on looking at strategic management through a financial lens. And this is an update actually to an article I posted a while back when I first started working on this concept. Um, I just one other kind of insight to provide in, in this commentary, um, as well as to announce that, that the article I wrote on this was actually published um, in my Forbes column. So I uh, refer you that, to that column um, for, for more details. Um, and you can find that that Forbes column, my Forbes column um, on the Intrinsic Value Wealth Report newsletter uh, website. Uh, so, um, as I had mentioned uh, before in the previous article and again in, in this, this commentary, I taught two MBA courses in strategic management this past summer at California Baptist University. Now, I've taught strategic management quite a number of times at different universities over the years. Um, and it's always a little bit of a difficult subject to um, to talk about because there's so many facets to strategic management. And so um, I've come up with different models and different ways to explain it. But as I was teaching the course to these two classes, I had a lot of students between those two, uh, the two classes. Um, and much of it was done by the way, uh, remotely sometimes in class because we were just, you know, we we're kind of struggling still in the early stages of the pandemic. Um, so that was interesting in itself, but the students pers persevered. I was very proud of them. Um, and we all made it through it. Anyway, so um, so as as I was talking about strategic management, and this, by the way, this class was also involved decision-making. Um, uh, it's just a, an aside. Um, it occurred to me <clears throat> that if we use the value creation process chart, which I created um, quite a number of years ago uh, in working on my doctoral dissertation on value driver theory, um, and I've used that value creation process chart and that general concept to teach you know, many courses in financial management. Um, uh, and of course do so uh, through today. I'm teaching two classes now in financial management, currently an undergraduate class and a graduate class. And so um, <clears throat> it occurred to me that using that, that same lens, that financial lens to talk about strategic management um, might be a good way to, uh, to to um, using that financial lens might be a good way to, to explore the concept of strategic management because the, the basic premise is that it is the goal of every manager, every person in, in an organization, an enterprise, um, it's, it's everyone's goal to provide um, what we call shareholder value. And, um, and that, that creation of shareholder value, that that very much involves a strategic management process. It, it, it's, it's also a financial concept is, again, the value creation process chart walks people through how, how you know, creating that, how to create that shareholder value using um, discounted cash flow and, and so forth. So, um, but again, if, if it, the, the, the goal of the value creation process chart is to create shareholder value, um, the goal of strategic management is also to create shareholder value because that's that's ultimately what what everyone is, um, is shooting for now by the way as a as a footnote to this <clears throat> and as i've been talking about for maybe the last year or two now 
um, and in my own thinking on strategic management and financial management as well. Um, you know, there is another concept, not new, but but certainly taking on more prominence over the uh, last few years, and that is that it's that the goal of, of companies and management and entrepreneurs and so forth shouldn't be just to create shareholder value. It should be uh, some notion of creating value for all of the stakeholders. So the stakeholders include really everyone that's uh, even marginally impacted by an enterprise. Um, that certainly includes the shareholders, and that may be the biggest group, but it's customers, it's employees, it's the community, um, and, and so forth. It, it's, 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 the most, it's the broadest concept. The stakeholders is the broadest concept of, of who it is in, in enterprises that we serve. So um, I don't think for, for, for reasons that we can discuss later and that I, I discuss all the time in my classes and that we, um, uh, you know, I'll probably write, write other, other examples of this in uh, future commentaries and, and other podcasts. Um, they don't have to be, uh, these two goals don't have to be mutually exclusive. In other words, you can be creating value for the shareholders uh, at the same time you're creating value for all the stakeholders. And the simplest example or the simplest uh, reasoning of that is that, um, you know, you're, one of the biggest classes of stakeholders are your customers. And so if you're creating value, you know, making them happy uh, by creating value, doing good for society and so forth, um, which of course people are, are uh, more and more becoming focused on that. Um, if you're keeping your customers happy that way, um, that's also good for business. And, and that being good for business is what creates shareholder value. So, you know, that's, it's a pretty complicated uh, concept and relationship there's something we'll explore uh, later in as they say in future commentaries and future podcasts but that's that's kind of basic idea there the commentaries I really suggest that you um, you read it uh, this particular commentary um, which was done what on November 3rd um, walks walks you through the uh, value creation process chart and the related elements to that a little bit more uh, as, well, as well as give some references to um, other resources to understand the concepts. Uh, and again, we'll talk about these more in future commentaries and, and podcasts. So let me see, I think that might be it for what I wanted to cover on the lead article. Again, I refer you to that November 3rd commentary, as well as my Forbes um, uh, contributor page, which has the article I submitted for Forbes on this. So here we are, November 5th, um, just a few days before the election. Who is going to be our next president? Um, exciting times. We No one knows. It's a very, very close race. So, um, but let's just quickly review, you know, uh, where we are, as we always like to do in these podcasts. Uh, the economy is not in great shape, um, uh, even despite, you know, some, what looks like recent improvements, it's, it's still still um, largely impacted by the, the pandemic. So there's a long way to go on the recovery is basically the idea. Um, COVID itself is not really getting any better. In fact, it seems to be getting worse on a world, uh, worldwide basis. And uh, until that problem is solved, um, I don't think there's much chance for the economy being able to make uh, significant strides and improvement. Um, <clears throat> now it does look like, <clears throat> excuse me, it does look like there's some uh, vaccines on the horizon for COVID. Um, and uh, once those vaccines come about, hopefully quick distribution to, um, to the entire you know, worldwide populace. Um, and as, as I was telling a class um, the other day, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm confident about 
the distribution once we get a vaccine because, um, and I say this somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but, but not really. Um, you know, if it were up to government to get things distributed, I don't care whether it's the Biden government or a Trump government, whoever wins um, in whatever country, if you leave it up to government to get, get things done, um, uh, that's not as good as leaving it up to business, to private enterprise. Um, because, you know, private enterprise has the, the profit motive. They have every incentive to, um, to make things happen. Um, it's not the government that's created these uh, vaccines. It's private businesses that, again, have had just tremendous incentive to, to do so. And so, um, you know, it's the whole idea of free enterprise, capitalistic system, and, and so forth. So, um, anyway, I'm very confident that once we get the vaccine in place, and again, it's, it's private businesses that are, that are creating those vaccines, once we get them done, It'll be private enterprise that gets it distributed. I think that'll happen pretty quickly because, um, because again, uh, we're, we're um, at least many of the companies that are working on this are in a free market environment. How should you invest? You know, no change to what I've been saying now uh, for quite some time. Uh, just keep a steady investment program. The markets are very, very overvalued. Um, so I'm not suggesting you stay out of them, but um, but don't jump jump in in a big way. Uh, is, is my view on this. Markets are overvalued. Um, and uh, so if you have an investment program, just keep investing. If you don't have one, start one, especially younger people. As I always say, you know, 20 or 30 years from now, you'll look back and even this market will look, look cheap, um, um, you know, for what it most likely will look at 20 or 30 years from now. So that is it for uh, Thursday, November 5th. Uh, we will talk to you next week and hopefully we'll know who uh, the next president of the United States is by then. Have a good week. Talk to you next week.